Well, it's 2022, and the pandemic has left North America, along with the rest of the world, in a state of flux. A lot has changed, including the strategic role of digital transformation in determining which organizations will merely survive and which will truly thrive in the years ahead. But as our changed world moves toward the next normal, the very concept of a digital transformation has also changed, forcing organizations and their leaders to reprioritize. They need a digital infrastructure that enables resilient operations and pervasive experiences in the new digital economy, a process we at IDC like to call a digital core transformation. That's why IDC has created its Best in Future of Digital Infrastructure Awards, a way of recognizing organizations that have demonstrated innovation and excellence in adapting to that next normal. And it's my pleasure now to share their stories with you. I hope you'll find them as fascinating and as inspirational as I do. Welcome to Future Enterprise, a podcast series proudly presented by the thought leaders at IDC. I'm your host, Joe Pucciarelli, Group Vice President and IT Executive Advisor. On this episode, we're going to hear from three outstanding organizations that have successfully engaged in a digital core transformation to find out how they did it, why they did it, and what we all can learn from their exceptional journeys. Before we go any further, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host for this conversation, who you may remember from our previous episode on the future of digital infrastructure. Rick Villers is a Group Vice President of Worldwide Research here at IDC. Rick, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Joe. It's great to be back with you here today. Rick, we have a lot of ground to cover, and I'm eager to share some insights from our award winners. But first, let's do some table setting. Maybe you can give our listeners the Coles Notes version of what a digital core transformation really means and includes. What we like to say is organizations today are living in a digital first world. As a business, you are being tasked by your customers, by your partners to use digital capabilities to improve the experiences they have and to improve your ability to use data. Underpinning that is changing the way you use infrastructure. You need an infrastructure environment that is scalable, that you can operate effectively and efficiently, and that you can deploy anywhere. And that's what we call digital infrastructure. What that means is you now have a platform so that you can do that transformation of your core business applications, core business capabilities. And it's something that we see more and more organizations recognizing is at the first step for them to be successful in this new digital first world. So Rick, when we talk about a digital core transformation, is this just faster, cheaper, better, or is it fundamentally different capabilities? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's what the people always think about when you do these transformations. Hey, we can do the same stuff faster and cheaper. But in reality, that has a limited payoff and limited game to the company. Think about all the things that we were able to do when the internet came along and then when mobile devices came along that you could never do before. A complete flip on where we use technology and how it affected our lives. That's absolutely happening again today with this shift to digital infrastructure is it's really driving a flip in how companies are going to effectively take advantage of the data that their businesses have and generate to better support their customers' needs. Well, Rick, that was perfect. You've just made me even more anxious to get to the next part of our podcast because I'm really looking forward to what that flip is. First, it's my pleasure to introduce our winner in the cloud-centric computing category and our overall award winner. Tapestry Inc. is a leading global house of modern luxury accessories and lifestyle brands that unites some well-known and beloved names, Coach, Kate Spade, and Stuart Weitzman. 
and the man behind the company's digital core transformation is Jim Diorio, the Senior Vice President of Global Technical Services. I had a chance to sit down with Jim, and he shared how Tapestry's goal was to better meet the needs of customers, whether they're retail consumers, employees, suppliers, or partners. From my vantage point within the company, they're all our customers because they use all the services that we provide. But at the same time, our business partners are our customers. We're in this digital world that we live in. We're very highly integrated with different business partners, whether it be manufacturing or supply chain partners or, or distribution partners. And then there is the actual endpoint consumer because they do engage with us. They engage with us through our e-commerce sites. They engage with us when they're in our stores, whether it be the process at the registers or they're looking at the digital signage or anything else that we've done in the store. And what are some of the basics you want as a consumer? First off, you want the product to be available when you want it. And you want it delivered to you, Whether if you're doing it certainly electronically, you want it delivered to you as fast as possible. You also obviously want it to be a, a value, right? So it, it goes all into that because as we were looking at building and modeling our, our digital core transformation, you know, we were looking at things of not only, you know, how do we engage with the customer, as I said before, but also enabling better decisions through insights form from either information we're getting from the customer or product data. The more information we can get, the better we can deliver the services, the better products we can make, the more, uh, more we can make it aligned with what the customer is looking for as well. I love the notion that they're all his customers. And Rick, it certainly embodies how experiences are critical to how we look at our future capabilities. Yeah, this is a critical part of the conversation for digital infrastructure. We've talked to organizations and it's clear that the goal here is to use technology to augment experiences. Experiences matters. And that means that, yes, infrastructure, especially digital infrastructure, is about supporting the people who we engage with, whether that's our customers, whether that's our employees, and increasingly whether it's our partners. And that's where this investment in digital infrastructure always has to come back to is, how's this improving the outcomes for the people I'm serving, whoever they are? Next, I want to share some wisdom from our winner in the ubiquitous deployment category. Everyone knows Toyota is one of the world's largest automakers, but some people may not know that it's backed up here in North America by Toyota Financial Services, the largest captive auto finance company in the world. Steve Samarge is the chief technology officer responsible for information and digital systems at TFS. I asked him to tell me about the primary business outcome their digital core transformation sought to deliver. Toyota is on a journey to move from just being an auto company to being what we're calling a mobility company. What that really ends up meaning is no longer are we just going to be financing vehicles like we have historically. Uh, we have to think about the different types of transactions that will be involved in our future. That includes ride sharing, that includes non-Toyota and Lexus vehicles, as well as used fleet protection products. So a myriad of products that go beyond what was previously just an auto segment. but. Because this messaging came down from the top, we had a very unified vision instead of marching orders, right? So I think getting everybody on the same page was not as difficult as actually implementing a system that could actually achieve that. One of the things that uh, Vipin Gupta, who's our CIO, implemented when, when he came in or shortly thereafter was what we call our factory model. And really the concept is very simple. We build software like we build cars. And at, at a very high level, right, what this means is that there's a high degree of standardization with 
which we're going to do business. Uh, and what that means is that a lot of the decision making is built into that structure and that framework. And really what I want to stress about that is we have an important two in the box model, which means that this isn't IT or the business. This is IT and the business making decisions together. Uh, this is incredibly really important if you're going to go through this type of tra transformation. And I'll tell this to anybody who asks uh, is to have those two working together, because when you do that, things can happen quickly and efficiently. Building software like we build cars. That line really struck me, Rick, and it implies a focus and discipline we don't often hear. I was also you know, amazed by that comment and just knowing the history of Toyota, its reputation for quality and the design and the manufacturing process of its vehicles. It's great to see that they are adopting that same business value to what is their new business, which is being a digital company as well. And the other thing I always thought about with it tied into the ubiquitous deployment pieces, part of that manufacturing quality is their ability to do this anywhere, the global supply chain, their, their ability to provision this and deliver anywhere. That's the same attitude that we have to think about when it comes to software is looking for an infrastructure solution that allows you to do this and deploy it anywhere. So they're setting themselves up great to be able to do that. One of the biggest challenges in undertaking any kind of bold organizational transformation is forging a consensus with your leadership team and convincing everyone of the need to invest strategically. But that wasn't a problem for our next winner. Founders Federal Credit Union serves more than 229,000 Americans and holds over $3.6 billion in assets. For its efforts in transforming its digital core, IDC awarded its prize in our Autonomous Operations category for overhauling its entire data center to enable greater agility and to improve its resilience to cybersecurity threats. Chief Technology Officer Bob Bender told me it wasn't exactly a tough sell to the top brass. The consensus for the organization's leadership team, the board, the executive, the management, top down, I think we all felt that IT was becoming a bottleneck. We definitely looked to digital transformation to change that mentality. And when I say that mentality, right or wrong, you get that keep the lights on mentality. It's real easy to fall into that. And now, like I say, we're back to innovating with the speed of the business. We really have confidence in how we innovate and that technology is right there with us. So it was made easy by the cybersecurity issues going on in the environment in the industry at the time really gave us a push that we needed. And I think also, you know, with members in every part of the world, our critical systems were seeing latency issues with the high volume of transactions. That was because of what we were expecting our data to do. You know, it has to go to a co copy to a co-location, it has to have redundancy, it has to be backed up multiple times a day. You're scanning it and you're doing things to validate that the data is good. You're doing forensics on it. So you're constantly moving your endpoints where that data's at you're constantly moving the compute. And we had to accomplish that with technology. There's no other way we were going to sustain the growth of this organization without bringing some really great partners to the table. You know, Rick, it's it's also, it's building the trust, but I, I love the line that Bob used, which was innovating with the speed of business. He has to do both. He has to provide the security and the resilience and the protection because it's a financial services institution. And at the same time, a very competitive industry where there's a need to innovate on a regular basis. So it was very, very powerful for me. Well, Joe, this is a company that has recognized that digital transformation, and we talk about the experience conversation, but half of the experience is trust. 
is that you have to be able to assure your customers that they're getting what they need and that that data is being protected and made available in a certain way. Infrastructure that is not optimized, that has not been transformed to be responsive to these needs is one of the biggest areas of risk for organizations. So his ability to translate to the board and communicate the, the critical nature of digital infrastructure and enabling them to build that trust and maintain that trust is, I think, a, a great part of the message for any company thinking about digital core transformation. Of course, getting leadership on board isn't always such a slam dunk. Back in the offices of Tapestry Inc., Jim DiOrio explained that building consensus at his company was a bit more complicated. So there's kind of like three components to it I would think about. First off, you need commitment and buy-in from the executives. But it's not just getting their buy-in at the end of the day. Any sort of large transformational program, especially something like this, does touch everybody in the company. So not only do you need the leadership aligned on this, but you also need everyone in the company aligned. So you need to establish clear and objectives and the importance of what you're doing and how does it align back to the strategy. There has to be change management. So a lot of time up front we spent on education, you know, educating leadership, what we were looking to do. There's the core components of this in any transformation, you know, where we're looking for speed, you know, how do we decrease the time to market, right? So that we can deliver services in a more timely, faster, agile way. And then there's the, like every other company, whether you're a public company like us or not, there's the fiduciary responsibility and looking at how things are. I mean, we obviously want to be able to take out costs, take out risk. In this particular case, we also shifted from a very heavy capital model. We bought technology, you put it in the data centers, all that's a kind of a big capital stack. Now you've got the ability to do this really more of an OPEX. And what does that do? It frees up the capital for the company to be able to make other investments in. So getting everybody to understand that and not only just the outputs of what they can achieve, but the broader piece of this is where we were able to get everybody aligned and get everybody on board. And again, it's an ongoing iteration because you've got to continue to educate, make sure that everybody is continuously alignment through the whole process. I've got to tell you, Rick, this segment from Jim is a case study in terms of what needs to be accomplished. He talked about the need to educate within the organization. He talked about changing the business model from one being capital-centric to one being OPEX-focused. And then he talked about keeping everybody focused on the big picture as they move through the process. I mean, it's really an incredible set of objectives and goals very tightly expressed. Yeah, I also think he did an amazing job of summarizing the value of digital infrastructure. It's agility, it's trust, but then that last part about the focus on changing the investment strategy to be much more aligned with the business cycle and business behaviors and getting the whole organization to understand the benefits of, of focusing on all three of those in a coherent, consistent way, I think is putting Tapestry in a great place to thrive in this next digital world. You know, it's one thing to keep everybody aligned internally, but a digital core transformation also requires external partners. After a brief break, we'll hear how our winners approach their relationships with strategic IT suppliers. I'm Joe Pucciarelli, and you're listening to Future Enterprise, a forward-thinking podcast series proudly presented by the thought leaders at IDC. It's about helping your organization succeed by arming you with insights about how data and technology are reshaping the workplace, applied intelligence, and software. Please don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Just search for IDC. Welcome back. 
Today, we're profiling the winners of IDC's inaugural Best in Future of Digital Infrastructure Awards to find out how they've handled the daunting task of a digital core transformation within their organizations. With me is Rick Villers, our Group Vice President of Worldwide Research. Rick, next I want to explore the role of external partners in that transformation process. Steve Samarge from Toyota Financial Services told me strategic IT suppliers were a critical component of the journey. I'm glad that you brought that up. It was an incredibly important transformation, both internally and externally. Those familiar with TPS understand that one of the core tenants is to have an extremely tight relationship with our suppliers. And that's no different in the IT space. And so what we really had to do was kind of go through a multi-step process. Really first was engaging the suppliers um, through various channels that we have. The next was really to go in and articulate, you know, what we're trying to accomplish with them. And really that's the process of the next thing, which is getting them excited about being part of this transformation. I would say finally, and this was important, is that this was a team effort. We led with Toyota DNA, but we use suppliers for their expertise and for their what they're able to bring to the table uh, that we need to do to kind of round out the whole product. One of the important things about the Toyota ecosystem is that we believe that co-prosperity is mutually beneficial, right? So if we're successful, they're successful. If they're successful, we're successful. So that means opening up what you may call the kimono or, or opening up the books and saying, this is what we're working on, helping them not only understand what we're doing, but also be part of creating that. So that's important to us as an organization uh, across the board. Well, Joe, this is to me, um, you know, again, reconfirming that approach of like, you want to apply your core business values now to your technology. To me, what's most important about this is when we talk about digital infrastructure, what we say is increasingly the company is focusing on the business outcome. And if you don't share with your partners, the suppliers, the, the services organizations that you're working with to do this on what your business goals and values are, then they're not going to be able to successfully help you translate this. So I think they're taking the great attitude to approaching how they interact with those critical participants in their digital transformation. I have to tell you, Rick, this has been an education for me. That is the role of strategic suppliers in organizational transformation. I also asked Bob Bender at Founders about the role of strategic suppliers, and he explained to me it's best to involve them from the very start. A lot of this is going to sound, you know, just common sense, but do what you do today really well before you start down this path. Know what you have. I mean, clean up execute and execute well. We didn't want to implement some of this technology only to collect dust, and we haven't. We're exercising it, we're testing it, we're growing it. So we didn't do that on our own. We, we reached out to our business partners and their preferred business partners, and we built runbooks, strategic direction from them. And we really are learning from our people that have already been there before us. So we really are grateful for that. And another thing is really map your controls. You can really utilize things you already have today and get mileage out of that. And when you buy and work with the right partner, it's amazing and how much that lightens the lift for you. When something goes bump, what is that gonna take to clean that up? And if you know that, then the implementation, that digital transformation is just gonna be made that much easier. I, I, I can't tell you how many ways this changed us. This changed us from what data we collect, what non-essential systems we really will tolerate in our system. It changed the way we write contracts with third-party vendors so that we write cybersecurity terminology into the contracts and what we expect from them in assets, whether that's equipment or people or process. It really changes you and take that time to really enjoy walking that path. Because if you try to take a shortcut, you're probably gonna pay for that in one way or another. 
I'm sure Bob's comments speak to senior IT leaders worldwide. Rick, how does Bob's journey mesh with what you're seeing in your research? It's one of the things that we we talk a lot about here. We're talking about digital transformation, but the other thing that we see in these deals is partner transformation. You know, the expectations about what the role of a partner is, what the engagements are, what's the timing on response are changing in this much more as a service driven perspective that's happening now. And it's one thing that we see IT leaders learning very quickly now, which of their partners are responding in kind and stepping up to this more continuous interaction and evolution and innovation and communicating that to the team is a big part of now what an IT team has to do is identify which of their partners are making that transition as well and that they can leverage and rely on to help them with their own digital core transformation. Even with support from suppliers and other partners, a digital core transformation still requires a lot of heavy lifting from a technology and skills perspective. Back at Tapestry Inc., I asked Jim DiOrio how he managed that transition. Did he go to a new portfolio of applications? Did he lift and shift? The answer to both of those is yes, right? Um, because obviously we do have an existing portfolio with technology, but the portfolio technology, the application portfolio technology is, is always changing and, and growing and evolving itself. Well before we started talking with leadership and, and introducing this concept, we, we engaged the entire IT team and said, look, this is where the industry is going. This is where we need to go. And let's start thinking about where does our portfolio go? What are the skill sets we're going to need as an organization? But we also needed to make sure that we also had all the processes in place to be able to manage and build and continue to execute whatever it is we were building. But that also requires people. So one of the things we did in the very early stages is we created a cloud center of excellence, the CCOE. And that was important because then we decided to start to set what are the standards of where we're going to go? How does the existing portfolio get from where it is today to where it's going? How are we going to introduce the new technology into this? How are we going to manage What's the new intake process? What's the inventory management process? What's the cost management process? All those things have to be built. And also, by the way, let's look at ourselves. How do we develop our own skills? So there was a lot of education and training and certification that people went through. But they all got it, the fact that they, they have to continue to develop and evolve because the world around them is evolving. They all want to be more engaged in this capability and technology. In fact, in the initial phases, we had to kind of st start to govern it a little bit because we had too many people wanting to go in the early stage because everybody's really interested and excited because they do see that this is, this is the future. You know, Rick, it, it strikes me as Jim shared those remarks with us, how many questions he's asked. It wasn't one, three, five, seven. I mean, there were so many profound questions that he addressed with his team, addressed with the leadership of the organization, I'm sure with partners and suppliers. It's an amazing part of the conversation now when we deal with IT teams and, and, and frankly, with business leaders is this recognition now that technical innovation has to be such a core part of the DNA of the company, not just of the IT organization, but that the IT teams and their leadership has to play a leading role in making that a reality and happen. And, and, and I think he's Jim has identified some of the key challenges that come with this. The one thing I took away from it is a clear recognition from him that people still matter in this conversation. For all the talk about automation or all the talk about we're going to use service providers to do other pieces and whatever, it still is up to your teams to apply the discipline 
and provide the insights into how you can translate all that into value to the company. You know, Rick, as I listened to these comments and I thought about the experience I had of, of sharing conversations with these three business leaders, it just struck me how profoundly important experience is. And it made me go and look up a quote. And the quote is from Albert Einstein. And he said that the only source of knowledge is experience. So given that insight, let's take a different perspective from Steve Samarge about the technology and skills transition he accomplished at Toyota Financial Services. This is um, something that I would say is not something that has a start or an end, but it's an ongoing process. We had to acknowledge that in order for us to become that mobility finance as a service company, then we had to make changes to our skill set. The first thing we did was we really aligned on what we call uh, eCars. That's part of our digital transformation. And eCars, it just stands for experience, uh, cloud-driven, automation, reliability, and standardized environment, right? And so what that meant is everybody understood that if we're going to be successful, we have to deliver on all of those. Then what we did, and again, this was something that Vipin was and still is to this day very passionate about. In fact, we talked about it just this morning, which was we created a what we call a digital academy or Toyota Academy. And so really what that is, is an internal mechanism for educating and having ongoing education. And it really does rely on, on a couple of things. We mentioned suppliers earlier. And so certainly it relies on the suppliers coming in and bringing their expertise, but also this is a lot internal as well. And so we have a train the trainer type of situation. All of our managers are encouraged to be part of the training process themselves, not just receive the training, but also participate as being trainers. And so I think that's really been key to our ability to have resources able to meet the demands and not just where we've been, but where we're going, most importantly. Joe, this is a great summary and because I think it highlights that experience conversation. Forgive me for a little side reference here, but you know, there was a famous line from a general said, look, if experience was all that mattered, you know, my mules would be field marshals. It has to be experience in a way that actually translates into value and improved knowledge and visibility for the whole organization. So I think the idea around the academy is where you bring all that experience back together and let people exchange and share their insights, what went right, what went wrong, what to think about next. That's the part about experiences here is it's not just having the experience, it's allowing people to share and discuss and take advantage of all the things that they're doing and that their partners and, and their, their colleagues are doing as well. You know, Rick, I have to tell you, early in my career, I got marched into the office of a very senior executive at the company I worked for. And on his desk, he had a brass plaque that said, it takes 50,000 lives to make a major general. In other words, you have to have 50,000 men under you killed in order to have you be warranted to be a major general. Something I've never forgotten, that experience can be a very cruel teacher as it gives us the test before presenting the lesson. And it's with that thought in mind, I'd like to share some parting wisdom from all three of our award winners. As we move to the lightning round, let's do things a little differently this time. I asked our guests to share three bits of advice, lessons learned that they'd offer to fellow CIOs considering a digital core transformation. Let's start with our overall winner, Jim DiOrio from Tapestry Inc. The first is pretty much the normal mom and apple pie. You know, you have to have leadership support. So there has to be commitment and buy-in from the executives that goes to say with any any large initiative. That's going to require that you have established clear objectives. You're going to have to have a really good change management, aligning all the stakeholders. I, I can't emphasize enough. You have to put in all the time and the energy 
up front. The more energy you put up front getting alignment, the more barriers you take away up front, the faster your implementation on the back end. A lot of companies short that because they want to just get to the execution, but unfortunately then you hit more and more hurdles and you, you less chance of being successful and you end up spending often more time, more money. So that investment up front is probably the biggest thing I would say to, to anyone. Then it's, you know, making sure your team is engaged like we, we had done early on. And I guess I'll, I'll add a fourth one. It's really important to make sure you have the right partners, right? Whoever you're gonna select, it's a cloud partner in our case or a different type of technology partner, that's also key and critical. And, it, and not just their capabilities, but it's gotta be a good cultural fit as well. Next, let's hear from Steve Samarge at Toyota Financial Services. One of the important things that we did early on, and this is what I'll, I'll share with everybody, is don't try to do everything all at once, right? This Big Bang approach has rarely been successful in, in my experience. And I think what we've proven over this time is that those small incremental changes are really important. I think we talked about that. The next one is speed is key. Focus on what is traditionally known as MVP or what we called MEP, most essential product, but uh, focus on those things that will allow you to ensure that you can get things done quickly without that scope creep that traditionally comes into these large programs. The great thing is that we were able to say, well, we can't get it in this round, but in two weeks we can release it or in four weeks we can release that, right? And that was a big aha moment for, for a lot of those. And then finally, acknowledge the legacy, right? Acknowledge that the legacy exists but don't let that limit you. And that was a big piece of what we did, right? We said, hey, we're going to deploy Greenfield for these capabilities. That didn't mean that we were ignoring that legacy existed. We absolutely acknowledge it and we uh, have effectively adjusted to it, but we didn't let it limit us. And last, but certainly not least, here's what Bob Bender from Founders Federal Credit Union wanted to share. I really had to step back and accept that I may not always be the best communicator. And I had to bring those people to the table to bring real life experiences into the room, into the boardroom, into the executive room, so they could help me deliver that message. That message is so important. You know, they expect a board member to understand the difference between production, enterprise, storage, to storage you buy at Best Buy. That sounds like that could never be a problem, but there are those kind of communications, those gaps that you have to address and you have to go head on. Get the experts with you to train you. And it's our responsibility at IT to stay and keep that seat at the business table. It is our responsibility. There's people there that will help you. Our business partners have been with us for a long time. I call them up, I say, I have a, I have a new problem, a new challenge, and they share. It's a very transparent, a very collaborative environment. And that's so important. So again, be collaborative, reach out, find business partners that are going to help you look globally for whatever you're trying to grow and, and good luck with that. We are all in this together. People really want to see you succeed and that's how I'd go at it. Bob's empathy and self-reflection truly speak to me, Rick, because they embody the leadership skills I see as necessary for this kind of broad organization-wide project. Rick, which of these parting lessons from our guests stood out for you? Joe, this all came together for me. I was listening to starting with Jim's comment about the transition to cloud and each of the others really highlighted some of the same issue is the whole shift to digital infrastructure is really about the next big flip we see, which is this massive increase in scale of infrastructure capacity that's available for people to do great 
innovative new things with. But all of them came back to recognizing that without that focus on how do you make sure that the organization, the people inside the organization and your teams are really applying the discipline and the vision and the process to make sure that you can take advantage of that scale and not waste it, or actually even create more chaos, is really at the heart of this next digital infrastructure story. We're going to flip to this new massive scale digital world, but that doesn't mean that we have to sacrifice the values that make any company successful in its own business world. Perfect. My co-host has been Rick Villers, Group Vice President, Worldwide Research here at IDC. Rick, thanks for being here and for sharing your lessons with everyone today. Thanks, Joe. It's been a real pleasure. The team is just amazing. I'd also like to offer a special thanks and congratulations again to our guests and award winners, Jim DiOrio from Tapestry, Inc., Steve Samarge from Toyota Financial Services, and Bob Bender from Founders Federal Credit Union. I hope their stories have provided you, our listeners, with some valuable insights as you explore your organization's digital core transformation. I'm Joe Pucciarelli, and this is Future Enterprise, brought to you by IDC. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and I'd urge you to listen to our past episodes if you haven't done so already. You can always find our latest research and insights at idc.com. So long for now.